Good morning. This is Asia Tech Podcast. We are in Level 3 Singapore, back on a Monday morning with the crew. This is Graham Brown. I'm with the familiar voice of Adam Lyle. Adam, welcome back. Good morning. Well, I'm in your space, so I'm welcoming you back, but it's good to well, have you. Well, it's nice to have you back here too. We look oh, forward to you. seeing you often. Well, last week we talked about the backstory with Level 3, Padang & Co., and Unilever Foundry. We had Derek and Barbara in here. We had a good chat. So if you missed that one, go back and check that episode out so you can get the full backstory on Level 3. Today, we're with uh, David Ryan from Syngenta. Morning. Sudipta Roy from Unilever. And sorry, from <laughs> WPP, for the Unilever team within WPP. And we're going to talk about corporate innovation and how much innovation takes place in spaces rather than departments and creating an open space for innovation. You mentioned it last week, the field, the open field, which is, I believe, Malay Padang, right? That's where it that's comes right, from. That's right, yeah. That's what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly it. It's, in a sense, the, the playing field, bringing all the parties, all the actors together. Uh, and we know when you get the right people in the right place with the right conditions, great things happen. And, and that's what Level 3 is all about. Right. So let's hear from some of the right people. Dave, how are you doing? Going well, thanks. You're originally from Melbourne? Yep, I am. Yeah. Melbourne. Been in, uh, been here in Singapore for eight and a half years. Uh -huh. um, been working with Syngenta for 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got corporate agriculture in my, uh, in my DNA. Uh, and that's probably one of the things that's been so refreshing about being part of the level three community is uh, is seeing how corporates and startups can quickly collaborate mm. and get stuff done. Yeah. So how was it that moved to Singapore as well? Because Australia is a real hotbed for ag tech and mm -hmm. food technology, all yep. that space. Yep. Coming to Singapore, did it make sense? Uh, yeah, absolutely it made sense. I mean, I think what's, what's interesting about Singapore is its location uh, in terms of being at the hub of Asia or mm. the heart of Asia, uh, but I think more importantly is this element of smallholder farmers uh, here in Asia. Um, and I remember uh, coming to Singapore and travelling uh, through the markets uh, eight and a half years ago and smallholder growers didn't have mobile phones. Mm. Um, and here we are eight years, nine years later, and 96% of smallholders have a mobile phone. And that's really exciting because we're we're leapfrogging technology, mm. uh, and and uh, it's it's great to be part of that. And how does it work with Singapore as a vantage point for Asia in general? I mean, does it make sense that the fact that you're here, you have access to those bigger markets, or is it? What's the sort of situation with Singapore? Why are you here? We're here for uh, in Singapore. Um, I think the key reason to be in Singapore is about people. It's mm. about talent. Mm. Um, Obviously, it's nice to be strategically located uh, uh, in the middle of your key markets from Northeast Asia, China, uh, all the way across to South, uh, South Asia. Um, but I think the real part about it is, is the talent. And uh, we've, we've viewed that through the more uh, traditional lens of uh, marketing, finance, uh, corporate type talent. Uh, but in the last Two years, we've we've been really pleasantly surprised by the the digital mm. talent that's available. Um, and uh, an example for me would be the interns that we've been able to uh, uh, mobilise here mm. with our lab. Um, these the they are without question uh, a much higher league of of capability than 
any of our other labs located around the world. Yeah, well, great. I want to talk a bit about your labs as well as we go on. We'll, we'll dive into that. Okay. I think it, the Global Startup Genome Report ranks Singapore number one mm-hmm. in the world for talent. Yep. So, you know, obviously it's a little bit more expensive than your average startup city, but talent-wise there's a lot of people here, especially those with sort of 20, 25, 30 years of experience in corporates. Yep. There's a lot of innovation going on in that space as well. We'll talk about that. You know, it's not just 19-year-old kids straight out of Stanford who exactly. are innovating, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for us, um, this, this opportunity to plug into the, the digital ecosystem that mm. Singapore uh, represents or Singapore is, uh, was, was very exciting for us. So we were quite clear that from a, a Syngenta perspective, uh, collaboration, Mm. with like-minded corporates as well as startups was what was going to m- help us shift the dial mm. faster uh, and get things into the hands of farmers faster. So, uh, so collaboration for us is, uh, is critical. Mm. Not just innovation, corporates and startups, but corporates and corporates. Exactly. Well. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's really the key point. That's what an ecosystem is. It's not just sort of corporates and startups. Sort yeah. of, uh, yeah. So it's this multi-level. And I, I think the corporates coming together, you know, two large MNCs seeing an opportunity and working closely together. Mm. Then with the energy of the startups, I mean, it, it's unstoppable when you can get all those elements together. Yeah. And and so that's sort of multi-to-multi, uh, not just sort of one-to-one. I that's think right. that's really when the ecosystem starts to fire. Yeah, particularly when you look at it from the whole food chain perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's for us as we were looking where to establish our digital footprint a in Asia, hmm. uh, and then B in Singapore. Um, it was clear to us that being part of an ecosystem which looked across the entire food chain uh, with corporates and startups as part of one community oriented towards the food chain. That's what uh, that's what really compelled to us. Do I have to say that. I've been waiting for you to say that you wanted to sow seeds in the Padang. Syngenta <laughs> 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 He missed the opportunity. So there. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try and weave it in at some stage. Yeah. Sudipta, your voice. So we hear you for the first time. Sudipta Roy, sorry, my apologies. You're not from Unilever. You're managing director of the team Unilever Correct. within WPP. Yeah. A little bit of your background. You're from India originally. I'm from India. I started working with Unilever um, uh, in around 2007 mm. and it, it's been one of my major customers our major customers uh, at Mindshare and in, uh, WPP in fact as we stand now I think it's uh, uh, WPP's number one uh, client globally so it's a, it's a very important client for us and um, I mean I've been I, I, I've worked with uh, Mindshare and WPP and I left India in around 2010 uh, to be in Japan and then came back to Singapore hmm. uh, when the notion of creating this sort of one uh, Unilever was uh, was broached to me and that that time it was just around media and ad tech uh, and ad tech was just uh, taking off so so the uh, you know possibility of being in Singapore and working with the big four at that time because we didn't have a very vibrant uh, open ecosystem yet uh, so it was just google facebook yahoo microsoft uh, you still had microsoft and msn at that time uh, that that was a big draw for me and mm. and that was the reason i actually came and started working in singapore and we realized very quickly of the potential of this place because if you if you look at 
Asia otherwise. Uh, Asia can be carved up uh, sort of into the northern half and the southern half and the northern half is pretty much its own homegrown technology between China, Korea, um, Japan to an extent. Uh, and then the southern half is fairly aligned uh, to the US and the UK born ecosystems. So um, therefore, I mean, it, it, it presented this, this notion that you can start tapping into, no, into the northern half and bring homegrown Asian technologies mm. into the southern half. And at the same time, you start maturing what is coming from, from the US and, and, and UK-based ecosystems. So um, that, that's what really started me off. And then the startup bug bit me because I was dealing with so many startups at a, at a daily level. We actually started a small uh, fund. Uh, I mean, we, we thought or reimagined the notion of the fund. Whereas typically when we, when we look at funds, uh, we tend to look at it as physical money, right? I mm -hmm. mean, series one, two, three, four, uh, whatever. And we said that, look, one of the most useful things that we can do with startups is actually give them access to client funds. Mm. So we gathered a whole bunch of client investments sort of committed to, you know, by experimenting with new technology and uh, then rolled out a program for 20 uh, new companies, uh, but, but not the established ones, 20 uh, absolutely fresh new companies to start uh, working with us. And one of the companies, uh, which I think a lot of people will know about is Unruly. So mm. they, had, they just started seeing success in UK and we helped them set up uh, in, in Singapore, provided them with the first few projects uh, and, and, and helped them set up. Um, there was Outbrain, uh, which, was, which was another uh, company uh, in Mobi. Uh, mm -hmm. They're doing very well in India and in US. And uh, we, we helped them uh, gather a lot of momentum uh, in Asia. I mean, like that, there, there are several uh, companies uh, which got oxygen through these sort of client-based uh, programs. Um, along the way, then we realized that we're still playing within a small field because we were we were playing only within MarTech and AdTech. And the big gap we saw um, in, in the new ecosystem is that the understanding of marketing and brands is still very nascent because native digital companies have never really stepped inside a marketing boardroom and heard what happens there. What, what's the business of the brand? How do categories grow? How does a product innovation really move into the market? How does it penetrate consumers? So um, that's around the same time we started discussing with Adam and, and, and Barbara and said that, look, I mean, we would want to take a risk and do something very different instead of, you know, continuing to be inside WPP premises. Mm. Why don't we, you know, set up uh, our teams here uh, where we sit with the startups and we sit with Unilever and bring these multiple worlds together because otherwise it's getting siloed. Uh, so we moved in uh, with a team here, uh, which was focused on media and ad tech and martech to begin with. Uh, but now we're bringing the uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to label it traditional, but the brand strategy streams to sit with us uh, and give it, give it a much uh, fuller sort of touch than we have done before. Okay, so just so we understand, with both of your teams, mm -hmm. you're based here within Level 3, so people understand that. Do you have you have physical office here? Yep. 
And how many physical. people do you have here? Uh, we, we've got uh, four, four on the uh, on the team at the moment, mm-hmm. and we're looking to build that out um, with a resource blueprint, which we've uh, created and had approved by our leadership team. Um, but what's really interesting for us is when we first crafted our blueprint, we worked on the assumption of, of the need to bring talent in to Syngenta on a permanent basis. It was a more traditional view of, of, of talent acquisition. We're revisiting that now uh, cool. because we're, we're finding that uh, actually that talent is available through startups. Um, mm. So rather than uh, uh, conducting six interviews and uh, getting approval for headcount and uh, taking the traditional corporate approach, uh, we're saying, why not just sit with this uh, startup mm. who, who's like-minded, who's ready to engage and make something happen now? Um, yeah. It's really, really refreshing. What are the cost savings like for that? Time and money. So. Uh, time time yeah. is the key one for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so... What might have taken us uh, six months as a typical lead time to uh, identify a headcount, walk through the process and, and, a, and a point, um, we can now do in less than a week in terms of connecting with a wow. startup and uh, and making it happen. And that's that's a key learning for us uh, being being part of this environment. Um, I was listening uh, with interest to the to the overview and the journey that WPP's been on. Because uh, Syngenta in some ways was similar, we were really clear as a corporate uh, entity, we were very clear on what we wanted to do with digital. We wanted to build better customer experience. We wanted to unlock productivity. Our what was crystal clear. What we grappled with was the how. How do you do this? Uh, where do you create an environment mm. and, and connect with talent as quickly as possible? Uh, and we're fortunate, fortunate that our our quest to answer the how led us here, led us to Adam and the team. That that's uh, one of the, the the key pivot points for us on our digital journey here in Asia. Mm. Can we just put a bit of backstory to that? How did you chaps meet? Was there a history beforehand, or was it you put Level Three out there and they came? Uh, no, it was ag- again a little bit like all things in ecosystems, a bit of serendipity to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were hosting a accelerator, an ag tech accelerator from Australia called Sproutex, mm. on their visit to Singapore early last year, early 2018, uh, and I put together a program for that visit. Uh, I reached out to David. I, I think we'd met but didn't really know one another and asked him to be one of the speakers. Uh, he came in uh, over those two days and, and spoke to the group. We had a big mixer that night, the first time that actually there'd ever been a sort of agri-tech mixer. A hundred people came, the Australian High Commissioner welcomed everybody. It, it was a big deal. Mm. From that, David said, wow, this is kind of interesting. I haven't been here before, but I'm seeing what's going on. I've got some people coming uh, to Singapore shortly looking to do Mm. something around innovation. And he was a bit cagey at the time. uh, And he said, but let me introduce you to uh, uh, my colleagues. And subsequently, another two Davids um, came to visit. And uh, so they came to see Level 3, what we had here. And uh, I've got to say, I, I did go pretty hard uh, ex- extolling the virtues of Level 3, but 
they could see the power of you know Unilever sitting upstairs for mm. the next five floors. Mm. Uh, Unilever Syngenta is obviously uh, great compatibility there. Yeah. Uh, Cargill was here. They could see you know there's a lot happening here. This kind of makes sense. Why why would we go somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, and to the credit, the guys just moved at a great rate. No. I can only push so far, uh, but uh, they just sort of picked it up and ran with it, and it's been an amazing association. Mm. Yeah, uh, the 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 backstory to the backstory, if if that makes sense, <laughs> is we, we've got um, seven labs around the world, uh, and so this was our sixth that we were, we were opening, and so the the team that Adam was interacting with were our global digital leaders um, who had certain expectations about a successful lab and how does it work and the governance and the, the ways of working. Um, we very quickly formed the the ambition that we would create the best lab in the world for Syngenta here. Um, and we believe we've done that uh, through uh, since the 17th of April when we opened. Uh, we've got four metrics that we use uh, that, are, that are quantitative, that confirm uh, we've created the best lab for Syngenta uh, around the world right here. Uh, and, uh, and Adam knows, uh, as we had our C-suite uh, visiting us last year, we shared with them that the only thing that was more exciting than the last 12 months is the next 12 months. Right. Okay, so let me ask you a tough question because there'll be people out there who are charged with setting up labs or innovation departments. What is the difference between doing it within the mothership and in a place like Level 3? And we talked about this last time as well, a bit mm. of backstory. Mm. I recall a friend, he's the director of innovation for Intel in China, who yep. fought tooth and nail single-handedly in the corner yep. to make sure that when they set up the innovation team in China, that they didn't do it in headquarters and they had to do it in Xnode, which were, I suppose, the equivalent of right. Level 3 in China. Yep. He said that was the most important thing. If there was no yep. native skunk works, then there was no deal. What's the yeah. difference for so people to understand that? Because I think it's, this really sort of inculcates what Level 3 is all about. Isn't uh, it? Entirely. Uh, I mean, we, our leadership team had that very debate uh, about what is, the, what is the best approach for digital in Syngenta. Um, and there was uh, pretty quickly we, we concluded that Singapore was the best place for a lab, um, looking around other locations in Asia. But Singapore was uh, the standout because of what we discussed earlier in terms of talent. Mm. But the debate became, do you repurpose a room or some space in the current uh, office um, or do you come to a, uh, a more native environment? Um, and the view of those that felt repurposing some space in the corporate office was that it's quite symbolic to your team. Um, it, as customers engage, they can also see this. And it's a chance for your colleagues to daily interact with digital. The flip side is when you're here in, a, in, a, in an environment like Level 3, you're connecting with uh, startups uh, and, and like-minded corporates. And that environment uh, is already digital. So you're not looking to create a digital flywheel spinning. You're, mm. you're hopping onto a flywheel that's already spinning. Yeah. And then you can still get your connection with colleagues by bringing them here. Um, so uh, we, we keep track of the visitors that we bring to our lab here. Uh, and as of the end of last year, we've, we've had a 1,000 visitors, colleagues, 
customers, C-suite uh, members physically here understanding the broader digital environment of Singapore with our partners and uh, members of the, the community here, what level three actually looks like. So what does a successful ecosystem mm. look like? And then what's our... Uh, floor space look like which is uh, it's not huge right but it's our portal between the corporate syngenta and the digital environment and we can bring colleagues customers through to understand that uh, and and they can hop on a digital flywheel that's spinning rather than trying to uh, set one in motion back in corporate because when you think of that number a thousand people is pretty extraordinary in less than 12 months yeah. and that i think is again part of the design of this place to uh develop a true network effect. Mm. If you can imagine the impact uh, it's having on those 1,000 people, you're never mm. going to have 1,000 people here. Mm. You might have four or six spots here or whatever, but how you can use those yeah. to excite, educate, interest, stimulate uh, all these other visitors. And I think one of the really important things with both your organisations is the support uh, that you've had from the C-suite. Uh, yes, know, absolutely. Your global CEO, your global CEO, CFO, the whole mm, lot have yep. all come through here and sat down and spent time. Exactly. And, you know, that is incredibly significant, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's real commitment. It, it's not innovation theatre. They've really come right. to see what's happening, yep. talking to the people, the startups getting the opportunity to present to, absolutely. you know, $42 billion company. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you asked that question. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, long ago, and we were in in London uh, with Martin Sorrell when when he was still there in WPP discussing uh, what the future of an agency should look like, and especially uh, an agency built around a client uh, like like Unilever. And um, we were debating different spaces. Actually, we we were thinking very actively of setting up something in uh, 50 Scots Roads, which is which mm -hmm. is our, our WBB headquarters. And he suggested, he said, have you have you spoken to Unilever? I mean, why would you do something that we have always done before? Mm -hmm. Why not completely disrupt the, the model? And and he said, yeah, we, we've always been thinking, um, you know, in, in terms of presence, in terms of putting a few people, but we haven't really discussed, I mean, how far we can, we can go with this. So, mm. We actually said, uh, you know what, um, let's not do it elsewhere. Let's go straight into uh, level three mm -hmm. and, and, and have a chat with, uh, you know, Barbara, with Pierluigi, uh, who was the Unilever chairman at that point, on whether he thinks it's a good idea for us to be uh, uh, here in full force uh, across the different functions. Mm. Because we actually took a different uh, approach, mm -hmm. a slightly different approach. Uh, we are conscious that we are not product creators. So our role in the ecosystem is to be the connective tissue, okay, which is able to spot things early and then uh, take the companies and the outputs uh, and the promises to where we have visibility to, which is all the marketing challenges which are pumping through the pipeline. Mm. Uh, so, so we had massive visibility uh, across the whole of, Asia, Africa, and Turkey from Singapore because Singapore is the hub. Uh, so we said, you know, for us, therefore, it is it is amazing because it cuts down the amount of time it takes to spot an innovation, to create a use case. And then conversely, for the startups, 
who really have to spend lots of energy trying to find mm-hmm. a use mm-hmm. for for their technologies and offerings Absolutely. it cuts down time for them yep. so so we we purposed ourselves as that sort of connective tissue which mm-hmm. can join brands countries uh and startup uh products mm-hmm. so we came in here with uh, with a slightly larger team of of 23 people but around 60 odd people pumping through it uh, no no fixed teams mm. and we gave up our spaces in our corporate offices because if we had to be truly agile and if we had to behave like the startup ecosystem uh we wanted that to be symbolic mm. uh, symbolic because we we could not have gone back to our ivory towers and you know have the plushy comfort uh, of 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 that you mm. know headquarter uh we 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 wanted to behave feel and walk and talk like the ecosystem uh, we were in it wasn't culturally easy well this is what i want to ask you about <laughs> because this is a really important point isn't it you're talking about giving up comfort stepping out of your comfort zone so you have to want to do that yeah. so i imagine there's a bit of internal selling going on as there would be in any organization why give up the big corner office with the comfortable view and you know yeah. all the the benefits that go with being in the ivory tower so I mean, can you share a little bit of insight yeah, for that? me it was personally easy because i had given that away two years uh, earlier and gone into an entrepreneur inter- entrepreneurial role mm. so i'd given up the office i'd given up everything and and uh, i was already living like a month for two years <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the club <laughs> <laughs> so um it was far harder for the teams it was very hard for my immediate team there were lots of doubts uh, which was caused there's lots of apprehension but i think uh, i would safely say that all of that got dispelled within around 2 months of being there mm. uh, everyone just saw how mm. different and how amazing it is to be there the level of decision making okay came down by 120th the, wow the yeah, time right. it took and the complexity simply being just in simply a space like this being there yeah. um uh, you know That's the speed of innovation mm. went to multiple folds and and we suddenly realized that a lot of people who talk about you know the importance of having that unique culture of of the mothership mm. okay it, it doesn't work that way in reality people really care about doing great work every year of their professional existence and any place which enables that actually uh they, they love to be in that space right. mm. so that truth sort of got got established even for our creative teams you know who who really care about that unique uh, atmosphere they've started feeling the the sheer impact of the space uh like this and and people have started leaning in and folding can, in can you so. share an example of that i really want to hear like the individual stories of people where they you know the light bulb went on or people went wow that's what it means i get it now you've been telling me about this space but now that i'm here and i've actually experienced it what what, what kind of effect does it have on people and what do they say So I mean um let's take some of our uh brand teams okay <laughs> which work on brands like Pons uh, you know the skincare uh brands um when they started being here uh they would fi- find the client teams coming down all the time to have the discussion over here and not in inside the mm. client rooms mm. and we started solving briefs um in a week where would we would typically take a month or one and a half to two months okay so so that that was the first big thing 
which which happened that this really speeds up uh, things the second thing which happened is um, you know companies um, like jumper.ai you know which is which is one of the foundry companies which uh, uh, has built a product which uh, connects the online experience to the offline uh, experience through chatbots but through the mechanism of the chatbot creates lots of use cases to really apply to marketing um we were sitting there trying to solve many difficult problems and we were sitting on it for more than a year okay not finding the right fit not not making progress and we were having this exploratory meeting with barbara and uh, stephanie and we, which we do every month saying that look uh, we can spot these problems okay um what do you have in your line of sight which which can solve this and in one meeting okay we came out i think solving six or seven of them and jumper.ai was just one of them and immediately we had you know four or five cases being being mm. applied to it uh equally we brought some new startups uh, to the uh, to play which otherwise um may or might not find the right client fits but because we are here the level of risk taking goes up okay yeah. so this the same conversation with the same client unilever and i hope Uh, you know unilever doesn't take it otherwise but when we would bring companies it would go through this this narrative of does this really work does it have the right roi okay let's put this through a pilot but in this environment yes there is still the pilot okay there is still the proof point but the 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 whole uh, approach is that we are investing a time or energy to create something amazing so pencil is this ai driven uh is the worst for world's worst ai driven copywriter at at copywriter right for for digital assets uh and and we worked with them uh and and we we started uh, you know informing them of what about their product is going right was not going right they've been amazing they've suspended a lot of conversations and said okay let's focus and let's focus with the brands which are here with the teams which are here and refine our product and build the first few brilliant use cases mm. and then open up to the market so their vcs have contacted us okay and we've had really exciting really great conversations on on where this this could go so you see i mean the mix of these things mm-hmm. when when your people start seeing this when it goes up on the presentation slides when uh, our our global teams see it they're seeing a rate of movement which is so fast i mean so just to give an example the last uh, three quarters we've been here three quarters we are now the best uh, data driven marketing entity okay uh, that is these two teams put together which team only or wbp and uh, unilever over here uh, across the world hmm. so we 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 are ahead of us right now we are ahead, ahead of uk right now and a large part of that comes from this ecosystem yeah, yeah. because of the speed with which you can move it's a factor of co-location literally hmm. i i sit about uh, 15 feet away from sidipta and maybe 100 feet away from dave and the team but i i'll go over there and say listen i've just got this idea and i can just see how this could work and so literally we start talking about it we don't have to go through me making an appointment to go and pitch to him or to pitch mm. to dave right. i've got this idea yeah. about a hackathon or whatever mm. you cut through all of that 
this is what it looks like. We literally kind of sketch it out on the back of a na- you know the proverbial napkin and say this is what it looked like. Yeah, I get that. And so we've jumped three decisions already. Yes, of course, there still has to be some form of proposal that goes through, but we've developed it together. Mm-hmm. We're not pitching to one another. We're building on an idea. Bang, the piece of paper goes through. Yes, it goes through and gets the appropriate authorities. Um, but we've just saved so much time. And and if nothing else, it's 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 time. But what's most important is the the depth and the quality of the ideas that you're coming up with because you're doing it together. Right. We're not pitching and having to go through all those things. Um, recently, well, actually a few months ago now, I, I saw one of the MUFG guys and they'd been talking to me about something they were doing in Thailand. One of Dave's other colleagues, also called Dave, is doing something in Thailand. I said, wait a second, why don't you come over here? Mm. And literally just putting people together like that because I, re- I recalled a conversation. Mm. Those types of things, if I had to send an email, make a phone call, it most probably would not have happened or it might have happened, but so much longer. And this is about, you know, this is what agility is about. This is what collaboration is about. You can read it in the books and the conferences, right. but this is, you know, on the ground stuff actually happening. And, 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 f- from my perspective, I, th- I think clearly this time uh, dimension is is measured through productivity. So it's it's really straightforward to be able to quantify the benefits of that, as Sadip has described. I think the the other the other really important element for us is the customer. So as we bring customers here to our environment, and it was you're asking earlier about the difference between the the ivory tower and the lab uh, we ask every customer to rank us uh, on an nps score and our current nps is 94. Wow, that's really um, so this is customers who are saying this works for us we get what you're doing we appreciate the speed at which things are happening uh, and this feels like an organization that uh, we we want to get closer to and, and partner with. So, uh, f- for me, the 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 great part about what we've achieved so far is definitely the the acceleration of what we do. This time dimension, the productivity associated with that. But the really cool part is at the other end with customers who mm-hmm. are who are delighted by what they're seeing and uh, and and demonstrating that in terms of their their purchase behaviour. Mm. It's a true ecosystem, isn't it? You've taken a few risks, all of you, to come here, stepped outside of your comfort zone. I think it's been a really good conversation. I want C-suite executives, innovation managers, heads of department around the world to hear this, that they will then understand that this is actually working. And obviously internally, Sedipta with yourself, you probably are the you know, you are the case study that they're going to probably, you know, for the rest of the departments, people are going to look at that. And now they're all going to come here, right? You're going to have people saying, actually, this looks like a lot of fun down in Singapore. I want to relocate to Singapore, bring my department. So there's going to be a bit of internal pressure now. You've started something. My question then to all you three gentlemen is, is this the future of innovation? Do you think that this is a model that FMCGs around the world will look to and say, this is how we do it? Where does this sit within that conversation? A lot of people are talking about digital transformation and business transformation and innovation now. How do we sort of view what you're doing level three here within the context of all of that? Well, I'll go and I, I 
sort of see it as the future of work. Um, I think we focus on innovation for innovation's sake too much at times. This is about how we work. Mm. And here we, we talk about this being enterprise-led co-working. So it is a different way of working that I believe will just become the way people normally work. And if you work like this, oh, hey, we're innovating at the same time. So it's, innovation is kind of, in a sense, a result of working more closely, understanding what we want, and to David's point, about customers and delighting the customers. And so we're just working better to, because why are we in business? Mm. To deliver value to our customers. Mm -hmm. And this is a better way to deliver value. How, how do you make sure that people go in with the right mindset? There is a bank who shall remain unnamed, who recently moved into a co-working space in a city in Asia, which shall remain unnamed. <laughs> But when they moved in, with the, the, the premise of something similar, I think, to have enterprise-led co-working, they went in and they took a whole floor and then they put passes on the floor so that nobody could actually access it. So effectively, you know, they just relocated their ivory tower to the co-working space. So something went wrong there. How do you avoid that? Because that's, you know, the machine sort of like, you know, the DNA of the machine takes over again when we're trying to sort of like get step out of that, aren't we? Well, specifically on, on that, I think I know the one you're talking about, but but that is in a more traditional co-working space, which in a sense uh, is a property play in part. They've sort of moved their operation out of headquarters into another building. And that's kind of interesting. They get some benefits from that. But this space is quite different. Having Unilever here, enterprise-led co-working, they're the attraction for all these other organisations to come here. They're not all working with Unilever, but many of them are. The high percentage, 30% of the, the, the startups on the floor are working with Unilever. So the enterprise-led, having, in a sense, like the anchor tenant, uh, is an important part of it. And that changes the dynamic. Mm. People are not just taking a space. People are buying into the ecosystem and being a part of it. Open conversations. Initially, everyone worries oh but will i be able to talk openly what about security day one people are a bit like that people start to realize we're not saying anything that is so critical and if it's a critical conversation you obviously take it into a meeting room people are smarter but you've got to be all in right. to make it work absolutely i mean it's it's interesting what this model is doing so we are the world's first uh, you know uh, region to have or global hub to have gone into a model like this now parallelly there are other moves uh, which are happening i think this the one significant uh move at least uh in what i'm seeing inside uh, many fmcg companies uh but unilever especially is uh, the move away from uh a sort of uh, prototype thinking into that into notion that this is the way of working mm. And, and those are two different things because um, the, the prototype thinking tends to be let's develop innovation for the sake of innovation. Okay. And the way of working thinking, on the other hand, is let's transform our teams and our operations to become a model like this. So right now across the world, uh, there are, there are uh, you know, efforts which are being, being led uh, to create um the sort of hubs of activity with multiple functional units okay interacting with each other so so what 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 we were building here is now getting prototyped into uh or rather uh, now getting designed into permanent ways of working with permanent multifunctional teams interacting with each other 
uh, where where the design of those multifunctional teams is the same, but people weave in and out uh, as per requirement. And it could be categories, it could be brands, it could be uh, the the purpose, and. A level three may or may not be possible everywhere because it depends so much upon the real estate that you have, the the geographic, uh, you know, ease that you have, mm. uh, which, which impacts uh, human logistics. Um, but uh, the the philosophical version of it, which is, is this how we look at the future of work? Is this mm. how we look at the future of organize? That is perhaps. Spreading very very fast. Yeah, uh, I I foresee in the in the next one year by the end of 2019, the bulk of the world is is going to be, at least philosophically work like this. It's fascinating. You put it in the you couch it in the terms of the future of work, not just innovation. That touches everybody. Yeah, and I think we need case studies where people will look back. This is one of the case studies that help people redefine the corporation, the startup, and how everybody sort of comes together. Mm-hmm. So, how about yourself, David? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Syngenta is a is an innovation-oriented organisation. Yeah, we we, we invest uh, north of a billion dollars a year on traditional innovation for uh, for for inputs for farmers to use. So we see digital as being like the the turbocharge. To our to our current engine, um, we still are committed to that traditional innovation. Um, what's interesting for us is the long life cycle or the long lead times. You know, it takes around ten years from the the first development of a of a product through to launching it in our traditional space of innovation, um, and then to be in a world of digital where things can be turned around in a week. Uh, it's it's a really significant mindset shift that's mm. required uh, f- for the organization. Um, so I I hope this is the future of work because it's pretty cool. Um, it's good fun. Uh, and and uh, I was mentioning before what we measure. You know, we measure productivity, which we've seen increased. We measure customer satisfaction, we, we spoke about before. We measure share of wallet with our key customers and we're seeing that increase. And the final thing we measure is employee engagement, our actual mm. own internal colleagues, and that's increased as well. So, if you stand back and look at this from a, a what are the what are the reasons to believe this is uh, the future of work? We as a corporate would say we've got four data points which which prove this, uh, and I think there's watchouts. I, I like the example of it's not as simple as taking a whole floor yeah. and blocking it into a co-working space and saying there you go that's uh we've digitized the organization (laughs) it's not that uh there's watch outs but um uh i think uh, an organization which has got leaders who are committed to this um which is which is about being bold and taking steps to connect into to new working environments and enabling your teams uh, because at the end of the day for me digital is all about people yeah without a doubt and on that note, the challenge really for startups, but especially for corporates, large companies, is retention of that talent as well, isn't it? Especially here in Singapore, we talked mm-hmm. about Singapore being number one for talent in mm-hmm. the startup ecosystem. You know, whether you are a large FMCG or you're in the fintech space as a bank, you know, that issue of having some of the most talented people then looking at the startup world and saying, actually, I wouldn't mind. I, I have ideas. I want to make these ideas happen. But what we're finding is 
perhaps in a space like this and looking at some of the data and some of the examples that we've talked about today is that employee retention and that sort of engagement level how important that is that can happen in corporates too if you just put them in that sort of startup like space yep. you know and you think about the cost savings that that can apply to a large corporate as well so yeah there are many lessons to take away so adam thank you so much for bringing everybody together today i know that's what you do on a day-to-day -day basis so. indeed but it's great to have you all here and to, to hear the stories and just before we sign off um i know it's your anniversary coming up the anniversary of level three Se second anniversary second anniversary so congratulations and um it hasn't been a straightforward journey obviously you've been fighting your own corner in many spaces as well and places which is great so we need more people like you so in that space who are, you know, really planting a flag for not just innovation, but the future of work as well. And so those who may be listening, maybe from the corporate world are thinking, this sounds interesting. What, what is sort of the natural next step in trying to understand a little bit, obviously maybe reaching out to some of the people involved in here, but understanding what's going on and getting a sample of what this is really like. Well, I, I guess the easiest thing is to sort of look at the uh, Level 3 website, see the events that are on, uh, c come to an event, contact me. Uh, I'm easily contactable, uh, Adam Lyle at Padang, and uh, come down and hear all about it. I mean, seeing is believing, and I think that's what's happened, uh, and that's how the Syngenta guys got here. They sort of saw what was happening. Uh, we can talk about it, you can read about it, but really come come down to an event, see yeah. what's happening, meet the people, and I, th I think you'll uh, uh, realise that it's, it's a great opportunity for everyone, for all industries. It's not this happens to be an FMCG site, but yeah. obviously we're spanning so many different industries here. It's for everyone. The future of work is for everyone. Absolutely. Stop talking, start showing up. Yeah. Adam, Sadipta. And David, thank you so much for your time today. We'll put all your details in the show notes if anybody wants to reach out. So thank you to Adam especially and Level 3 for providing the space for this to happen today. I think this is a really important conversation and a good one as well because we nearly hit 50 minutes over time. So, But great, I don't think we could have done it any justice in shorter time, could we? So thanks a lot, gentlemen.